I just feel that God is wanting me to share the prophetic word that he gave me earlier today again. And it says this, that many have counted themselves out due to insecurities based on sin in their life. God says, wait a minute, I sent my son Jesus to break any stronghold in your life. Struggle is a lie of the enemy, that Jesus paid the price for us to not struggle. He gave us rest in him. That yielding and submission is the truth, and it is the anthem of Christianity, yielding and submission is the truth to, our, to who we are as Christians, as believers. We don't have to struggle. We don't have to fight. All we do is yield and submit to God. The Bible says submit to God and resist the devil and he will flee from you. It's not about your resistance or about you having the ability to overcome the enemy. It's about you submitting to God and letting him fight the battles that you have struggled so hard to fight on your own. Jesus came to set us free from a captive. And that captive has been taken off of us. The only reason he has authority over us is because we give him the authority through our agreement with him. All you have to do is stop agreeing with him. Amen? Amen. And tonight, I believe that God is going to set us up with a different mentality, a different insight to who God is and what God says about us as believers that we don't have to bow to the enemy. We don't have to bow to the lie, but we can actually be an overcomer. We don't actually have to work towards victory in Christ Jesus. We can actually work from victory in Christ Jesus. There's nothing that we're working towards when all we do is say yes to Jesus. Amen? It's easy. It takes the pressure off. You don't have to perform anymore. You don't have to try harder. All you have to do is say, yes, Lord. <laughs> Amen? How many of you guys, when your parents ask you to do something, you're like, mm. uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. A few yeses, right? What would happen if you started just saying yes and you just started serving, you just started loving, you just started caring? All of a sudden, they're going to look at you like, who's kidding you? <laughs> like I've always wanted you to be this way I don't stop but, but whose kid are you right and God wants us to be well, like, here's the thing our earthly fathers may not be all that great but our heavenly father is complete love love is patient love is kind it doesn't envy it doesn't boast right God is complete love he loves you so well that even while you're still messing up he's sitting over there looking at you like no his love is so good that our natural mind can't wrap around because our natural mind says I have to earn love because that's how I've been taught. Yeah. But the Spirit says this, I give it to you freely because God so loved that he gave his only begotten son before you even took your first breath. Jesus was on this earth and he lived a life to show you how much he loves you that he was willing to sacrifice. The greatest cost to God was his son for the most prized possession, you. Amen? So tonight, I want to set up some foundations in our hearts. We must, be, we must have immovable foundational standards that we never move from. What does that mean? That means this, that when a house is set on a strong foundation, it's not going to move. When the winds come, it's going to stand up strong. When the earthquakes come, it's going to have more likely chance to be, to be sturdy. When, when storms come, it's going to have something that's, that's not shifting underneath because it's on a solid foundation. And I'm going to, I want you guys to, to go along with a journey with me on this foundation. So after every statement, I want you guys to say, period. <laughs> Are you guys ready for this? My hope is in Jesus only. My faith is in Jesus only. My trust is in Jesus only. I need a little more attitude. I ain't feeling that tonight. I need a little bit more attitude from you. Period. There we go. That's what I'm talking about right there. The Holy Spirit empowers me. Period. Come on. The Holy Spirit empowers me. Period. Jesus is the only way. Period. Jesus is my only truth. Period. Jesus is my life. Period. Jesus is my Savior. <laughs> we have to have found you guys can be seated we have to have foundational truths in our heart in our mind in our soul stuff that we never move away from but something we always submit our heart to see like here's the thing when if if, if, if I, was, I was giving the analogy of a house if a house the foundation was compromised what, what would happen to that house it would fall over 
right? Or, or maybe something happens like a weather storm or something like that, and the house just crumbles, right? The, the Bible talks about like we, we built on, on sand or we built on rocks or we built on, on, on uh, shifting sand. Like we built on all these different areas and in, in in, 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 in what happens is, is because they weren't built on a solid foundation, it doesn't stand. So when the winds come, when the storm comes, when things hit, it, 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 it shakes the very core of whatever that structure is. And it, how many of you guys know that, that you are now the temple of, of God? When that song says, and the train of his robe fills the temple, right? The, 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 the robe actually represents the authority of the king. So in the olden days, what would happen is when kings would take over other territories, they would cut the, the bottom half of the robe of the king that they just took over and sew it to the bottom of their robe. And so if a king had a really long robe, what, that, what does that mean? That means he was the conqueror of many areas. And so what that's saying is that the, the robe of God, of God is coming down from heaven and it's filling the temple. And what it means is this, that the authority of God is filling you as the temple of God. That you now are, are, are coexisting with God in a way of having authority and walking in the strength of God and not in your own strength. We have to understand that it's not about us trying harder, but it's about God doing it through us. Now, if I was to say the word believe, what would you guys think? I'm not asking if you're a believer. <laughs> I'm saying believe. <laughs> a believer. <laughs> right? If I said the word believe, who can define the word believe? Anybody. Go. Oh my God, I knew you were going to <laughs> Every time you come here, I gotta pick on you a little bit. Right, it's okay. Um, to believe in something is to like full send, like 100% about it. You know, it's like a 100% yes. 100% yes, I believe, right? I'll give you a definition. It says this to accept something as true, genuine, or real ideals, ideals we believe in, to have a firm or wholehearted religious conviction. And, and a persuasion to the regards of the existence of God as a fact, do, do, do you, as a fact, do you believe? Usually used with, I believe in scripture. I believe in God. I believe in the word of God. I believe in the Holy Spirit. I believe in Jesus. I believe that the word of God is the infallible truth of heaven. And I believe that my identity is set up so that I don't have to try to make myself something. I'm already something in Christ Jesus. I don't have to try to be something I'm not. I just accept the fact that I'm made perfectly and wonderfully in the image of God. And each one of you are made, say it with me, perfectly, perfectly. Wonderfully, wonderfully, in the image of God. See, the world would say you're not this, you're not that, you're not good enough here, you're not good enough there. You, got, you, you know, you got to do this, you got to do that, make yourself look this way or look that way or, or try this on or try that on or I'm just going to go my own, do my own thing and I'm going to try to do my own thing and I'm trying to stand out in my own way and the world is trying to create, create you to be a different you. How many of you guys got friends that influence you to do bad things? Don't lie. You don't got those friends? So, so I was telling people earlier that, I, you know, COVID wasn't too bad for me because the only people I really hang out with my family. So, like, we were already just chilling in our house, like, no big deal, right? You know, this is about the extent of my social life right here. There's <laughs> a bunch of teenagers, and I love y'all for it. Thank you for making me, making me feel cool. <laughs> so, so believing in something, I want to ask you guys, what do you believe? What do you believe in? What do you believe in? Do you have a system of beliefs where you take philosophies and, and ideas from everywhere and try to kind of come up with some uh, morphed-looking, like, idealistic way of believing that I have a little bit of this idea and I have a little bit of this idea and I just kind of make it my own thing because I'm an individual and I do my own thing. You can't tell me what to do because I'm my own me. No? <laughs> no? Have you ever seen, you see people like, I, I, I just believe in, like, all this stuff. I don't even know. Some people talk some weird stuff. I can't even. Sometimes when people talk about they believe in, I'm like, where did you get that from? That is weird. Weird. Okay? It's weird. What is the foundation that your life is built on? See, I know you're teenagers, but like, but like when I was your guys' when I was about 14 years old, I had an encounter with God. 
And I grew up in the church, not saying I was perfect, not saying I didn't do anything wrong. I mean, I was like smoking weed by 13 and, and, and addicted to pornography by like 10, 11 years old. Like, like there was all sorts of things going on in my life, right? But I still had encounters with God. And so I believe that God takes us through a process of sanctification where he starts showing us his goodness. And through showing us his goodness, our desires start to change for more of who he is, right? And we don't have to try to be good. We are good because he makes us good. And once our desire for, for our lives change, uh, what actually happens, the things that we're doing that are inappropriate or sin, we just stop doing because we love Jesus. It's really simple. So if you have lots of stuff going on, just love Jesus. It'll change. Amen? Period. Period. There, thank you. That's a good, you got it, you got it. <laughs> you got it. So what, what is in your foundation and what is your life built on? Is it built on the opinions of men or, or people? Is it a built on social and, and cultural idealistic ways of believing? Is it built on the victimization of, of certain people and you take on other people's offenses and, and, and every, you know, like you, you, you walk around and, and, you, and someone starts to complain about somebody else? And have you ever met that person that someone starts to complain about somebody else and all of a sudden you find yourself offended just like your friend was? They didn't do anything to you? Like you're, you're taking on your friend's offense? Like, you're talking about, oh, they did this, and they did that, and you're like, oh, that's so wrong, I can't believe they did that. Now you're, like, trying to defend them, and the person's not even in the room, but you guys are just having this, like, session over how awful this person is? No? Is it? Come on. <laughs> Let's be honest, right? Like, like, like what, if, what if this? What if this? I, I, just, I just, you know, sometimes I like to think a little bit differently. I like to think about this. Man, if that person knew the love of God, if that person knew how much like what they were worth in life, they wouldn't behave like that. Instead of talking trash about them, why don't we just start praying for them to see their value? No? Can I get a period? <laughs> right? So let's go, let's go to 1 John chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. So if you guys, there's some Bibles around, you guys can use your phone apps for Bible alone, but if it's Instagram, I, I ask that you put it away or any other kind of social media, please, God bless you. Hallelujah. So first John, can I get an amen? amen. Can I get a real amen? Amen. <laughs> oh, amen. Amen. Hey, hey, amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Okay, 1 John chapter 3, verses 1 through 6, it says this. See what great love the Father has lavished on us. Man, I like that. Lavished. That's a, that's a cool word, right? He lavished it on us. Like, he's just generously pouring out his love on us. Like, like so, such good, such good uh, pure, devoted love of God that it's like, like your human mind says, oh, I am not good enough to receive this. Like it's so good that all of a sudden you start seeing all your failures. And you're like, God, I, I don't know if I can really accept this. It's so good that he loves you so much that, that, that he's, he's looking, he's, he sees your issues, he sees your failures, but he loves you beyond that. Because he sees the real you. He knows that, that, do you guys know that walking in the spirit is actually more human than walking in the flesh? Do you know that walking in the spirit of God is actually more human because you're made in whose image? God's image. So, so you're, you're, if, you, if you really get back down to the core of who you are, as a human being made in the image of God, period, <laughs> right? You're made in the image of God, and if you're made in the image of God, then what happens? Now you all of a sudden go, wait a minute. I've been living my life trying to put on everybody else's idea about who I am and God has been lavishing me with his love and his identity and I've been trying to say that I'm this and I'm that but God's saying, no, this is who you are and I love you so much that I'm gonna bring you towards me. And in all of our failures and in all the circumstances where we, don't, we feel totally inadequate, God's saying, I love you more than that. I love you more than that. I paid the highest price for the thing that I value the most and that's each one of you. I'm his favorite. <laughs> See, that's just verse one. It gets better, guys. It gets better. It says this, that we should be called children of God. How many guys want to say that you are a child of God? You're a child of God. Everybody say this. Say, I'm a child, I'm a child. of God. 
Say, I'm a child, I'm a child. of God. Of God. Period. <laughs> You're all children of God, and that is what we are. Say, that is what I am. Say, that's what I am. Thank you. <laughs> I was waiting for it. The reason the world does not know us is that they did not know him. Who's him? It's me. No, Jesus. <laughs> you're cool, but you're not that cool, right? So, <laughs> so the reason the world doesn't, doesn't see us the way they should is because they didn't see Jesus the way they should have saw him when he was walking on this planet. See, Jesus looked like an average person. He didn't look like anything special. There wasn't some glowing halo around him as he was walking around. He didn't look like, like he wasn't like, you know, I don't know, he walked into the room and all of a sudden, like, the room starts to glow, some weird misty green thing. I don't know. I mean, it wasn't like that. He, he, was, he looked like a common person, right? It said he looked like a common person in the Word. And he looked like a common person. Why do you, look, why do you, think, why do you think he looked common? Because each one of us is common. And he was demonstrating what it looks like to walk on the earth as a common person in right relationship with the Father. And, he, and what was in the way in our life was, was sin, and he eradicated sin because on the cross, what was the last thing he said? It is finished. finished. So because it's finished, what's it? It's sin. The only reason we have a lot of sin in our life is because we agree with the sin. Period. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> right? But, but it's finished, meaning like, like we don't actually have to struggle. We can actually rest in Christ Jesus and know that we are made brand new, born again in nature, all brand new, complete, shiny and whole in Jesus Christ. I don't wake up in the morning trying to sin. I actually wake up in the morning saying, Thank you, Jesus. I'm your child. And then when temptation comes, I say, uh, you have no room in this house. This is for Jesus. You have no place in me. Bye. Period. <laughs> dear friends, now, this is verse 2. Dear friends, now we are, we, uh, dear friends, now we are children of God. And, and what, we will, what, <laughs> what we will be has not been made known. But what we know is that, why can't I read right now? Come on, <laughs> tongue is twisted. But what we know, but we know that, <laughs> come on. Pray for me, guys. I need all the help I can get. <laughs> but what we, thank you. <laughs> but what we know, but we know that, uh, dyslexia is kicking in like hardcore right now, Lord. I rebuke dyslexia right now in Jesus' name. But we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him, for we shall, be, we shall see him as he is. See, what are you, what are you looking at? No, that's not what I'm saying. I hear you. That's a very natural answer, right? Or this cool graphic that Elijah made, right? What are you, what are you looking at in life? What is your focal point? What is it, are you just kind of like bumping along and whatever comes your way comes your way? Or, do you, or what are you looking at? Like, like here's the thing. I wake up in the morning and I'm looking to God for my help. I'm looking to the word to sustain me, to feed my spirit. I'm looking to my attitude of worship to God to, to strengthen my soul so that I could get through each day. I'm, I'm dependent upon the Holy Spirit in every way. Right, and then when I when I find myself, see, like right now, I, I'm finding myself in in a place of like, like I was talking to Jen earlier, and I, and I hope this doesn't sound arrogant. I'm not trying to make it sound arrogant, but like, I, I I can hear a verse or I can hear a topic, and all of a sudden, all these verses start flooding through my head, and I can write a sermon really quick. I can write a word. I can I can type something up really fast, and that's cool, and that's great. But I don't want to do that. I want the Holy Spirit to inspire me. I want to be in a place where I'm like, help me, Jesus. Like, I want to be yielded to the presence of God. I don't want to just stand up here and be like, yeah, I wrote this, you know, I wrote this thing like 10 minutes ago. Da, da, da. I don't want that. 
I want the Holy Spirit. I want to, I'm being vulnerable with you guys right now. I'm just letting you know my process. And so as I'm walking through this, this season of my life, this, this time in my life, or however you want to Christianese say it or whatever you want to talk about it, I'm saying this, is that, that, that I'm going through this, this process in my heart where, like, God, I, I feel like I've gotten too confident in myself. And I want to become more reliant upon you. Like, I have this ability, I have this skill, I have this whatever you want to call it, but I, I don't want that skill. I don't want that ability. I want Jesus. And, and I know that if, that if I'm counting on Jesus to, 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 to lead me, I know that he's going to show up every time. Moses said this. He said when he was getting the children of Israel out of, out of Egypt, he said this, Father, if your presence doesn't go before us, I don't want to go. If the Spirit of God is not in front of me, leading me, I don't want to go there. Because I've gone down too many rabbit trails in my life that, that have led me astray. And pride is too easy to weave its way into the heart of a person to, 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 to make them think that everything's okay when it's really not. And then you put up this facade of this mask inside of yourself saying that I'm, I'm good, I'm this, I'm that, I don't need help, I'm, I'm, I got it all hang, figured out, I, I don't need, I don't need your, your assistance right now. And that is, what the, that is what Eve ate from was a tree of knowledge of good and evil which is I got this, I don't need God. And I don't want to live like that. I want to live completely yielded and humbled to the Holy Spirit, allowing God to work through my life, that I'm yielded to his presence, I'm yielded to the Spirit of God. And I believe tonight that many of us struggle in ways where we think we have to have it all together, but God's saying this, I don't care if you have it all together. I don't care if your life is a mess. All I care about is your yes. Bars. Right? All he cares about is your yes. In, this, in, this, in this, this, this verse, it's saying this, that like, like there's, there's a Jesus being formed in me that's not yet, but it's, it's being formed right now in this, in this time of my life, and, and it's, going to, it's going to be make itself more known inside my life. And in verse 3, it says, All who have had this hope in him purify themselves just as he is pure. What does that mean? Purify yourself. What I think that means is this, is I'm just going to get rid of all the distractions, all the mess, all the things that, that, like, that, that, that put a, a, a rope around my ankle so I can't take a step, all the things that, that keep me from moving forward because the kingdom of God is a forward-moving thing. It's not a backwards thing. Like God saved you to go forward. You know that, right? He didn't save you so you could, you could continue to look back on all your failures and just be like, I'm a miserable piece of mess. If you're constantly looking back, you're not looking at what God has for you. And you're going to constantly find yourself in cycles of depression and anxiety and fear and all sorts of things. But God wants you to move forward in him. And some of you may not feel like you're ready to move forward. Oh, Holy Spirit. So here's the thing. The Bible talks about sharing in the sufferings of Jesus. Do you know that Jesus suffered on the cross for you? So that while you are suffering on this earth and anxiety and fear and all the things that you go through, that you can actually say, Jesus, come into this area of my life. I don't have it figured out. I just, I just want more of you. I just need more of you. I, 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 in this area where I think I, I should have it. Like last month, I was just walking out of striding and I had it all going on for me. And I had it all figured out. But right now, Lord, I, I just maybe I did it. Maybe I put on a mask. Maybe I put on a facade. Maybe I put on an idea about myself or, or how I wanted people to see me, but that's not really what was going on in here. And God is saying this, that, that he wants to share in the sufferings of your life. That, that, that there's areas in your heart, in your mind, in your soul that, that you don't tell anybody, but you hide and you, you actually allow yourself to be tortured by them. And God is saying he wants you to be free from them tonight. I know you feel this because I feel it in the room. God is here right now. It's sobering, isn't it? <laughs> it's good stuff. I'll try not to be so hard. <laughs> Everyone who sins breaks the law. In fact, sin is lawlessness. But you know that he, that, that he appeared so that he might take away our sins. Everybody say amen. amen. And in him is no sin. No one who lives in him keeps on sinning. No one who continues to sin has either seen him or known him. 
Like, wait a minute. Are you telling me if I just keep sinning, I don't know Jesus? Well, let me read that verse again. No one who lives in him keeps on sinning. No one who continues to sin has either known him or seen him. We must ask ourselves, did we incorporate Christ or did we give him our life? Is he just another idea? Is he just another thought? Is he just another philosophy? Theology? My parents said so. Because I could see all your guys' minds going. (laughs) Did we just say a prayer? Christ, come into my life. Jesus, come into my heart. Jesus, the Bible doesn't say Jesus, come into my heart. The Bible says give your life to Jesus. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. In the life which I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loves me and delivered himself up for me. So now, this is my words, so now I humbly deliver myself to him. A life or a life. Trading See, see, we die to ourselves when we become a Christian. If you incorporate Christ in your life and you keep on sinning, in the Bible, it clearly says that you don't know Jesus. You just have convinced yourself that your sin is okay. And believe me, I've been guilty of it, and I'm, and I'm, I'm here with you in this. I'm not preaching at you. I'm telling you that I was raised in church, and I knew better, and there was many things that I was doing that I shouldn't have been doing. And at that point, I honestly don't know if I would have gone to heaven. I don't know what would happen. But I do know this, that when I humble my heart before Jesus, when I humble my my mind and my thoughts before him, and I live my life humbly, laying down my life, taking up my cross, following Jesus, actually what happens is this, is something starts to transpire in my soul. I don't have to try to make myself good. I'm good because he makes me good. Like the thing is, is this, if you can do it on your own, why would you need Jesus? If you can stop sinning on your own, if you can stop doing all the things that you're doing when no one's looking, when your parents are in bed, when your parents are not home, when the thing that you hide in your tennis shoe back in the backside of the closet that no one knows about, like, like if, you, if you could do all that stuff and get away with it and stop doing all that stuff on your own, then why would you need Jesus? See, many of us have grown up in church. I grew up in church and man, I was a horrible sinner. So believe me, I know what it's about. It's called living two lives. And we're supposed to live one life with a purpose in Christ Jesus. Period. (laughs) See, we don't have a sin issue. We actually have an abiding issue. Where do you rest? What do you rest in? I'm not talking about your bedroom or your bed. I'm not talking about your couch. I'm not talking about sitting out and zoning out and playing video games. I'm not talking about sitting in your stuff in your face with as, as much food as you could possibly put in your mouth. I'm not talking, what do you rest in? What is your, where do you go when, when, when you're feeling something like, and you don't know how to express what's going on? Where do you find your rest? Period. Where do you find your rest? 
See, because Jesus is actually our rest. He's our rest from sin and death. He's our rest from the struggle of this world. He's our rest from everything. See, the thing is, is, is we, 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 we're, we're bumping along in life, and all of a sudden something happens, and all of a sudden what happens? You, you, internal stuff starts happening. You get anxious. You get fearful. You get, you get happy. You get excited. You have all sorts of weird emotions going on. And sometimes they're all at once, and you feel really confused. You don't know what to feel. Sometimes you're, you're, you're really excited, but you're like, I'm so scared. <laughs> like, I went bungee jumping one time, and I was like, this is going to be so great. Then I got up there, and I was like, <gasps> that's really high. <laughs> but then I jumped, and I was like, yeah! <laughs> Freaking out. It was awesome, right? And so there's all sorts of emotions that happen on the inside of us, and all of them are very human, and they're very natural, and you're supposed to have them. But where do they drive you to? What vices do they drive you to? Do they drive you to doing this and doing that, filling your life with this and filling your life with that? Or do they drive you to Jesus and you allow your suffering that you're going through, you bring Jesus into that suffering and you say, God, I thank you so much. The Holy Spirit's other name is called the Comforter. So you're saying, God, thank you for the Comforter. Because right now, I don't, I don't want to fill my life with the things I used to fill it with. I want to fill it with the comfort of Jesus Christ. I want to fill it with the comfort of the Holy Spirit. Lord, I want to get in my room. I want to get alone with you, and I want to worship you, Jesus. I want you to be my comforter. I want the very nature of who I am to be seen in the purposes of God and nothing else. You guys, this is in my spirit, and I, I don't know how to express it to you. I'm trying to get my words to, to say what's in my heart, but it's, it doesn't feel like it's working real well. <laughs> Help me. Jesus, please. I believe that, that we don't have a sin issue. I believe we have an abiding issue. I believe we have an issue of where do we find rest? Because sin usually is a place where we find the most comfort for a moment. And then the guilt and shame starts to kick in and when the reality of the truth starts to set in and what it really is, maybe it feels good for a moment or a day or, a, or a, a, a month or a season or whatever, but after a while, all of a sudden, the reality of what that is starts to eat at your soul and maybe you've masked yourself against whatever that thing might be, but you're not really happy and you're not really satisfied and all you ever feel is anxiety and fear and you don't know how to approach it, you don't know how to, uh, to go after it, but, but the thing is, is, if you have the foundations of Jesus as everything, Period. <laughs> you wouldn't have to go down this rabbit trail. You could just say here, Jesus, thank you. Thank you. See, when the disciples were faced with trials and tribulations, and I say trial, and you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, you couldn't have enough enough money or missed a meal or two. No, 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 no. I'm talking about like. Like, like you enter a town and you start preaching Jesus and people start throwing heavy rocks at you. They start beating you with sticks. They dip your whole body in, in oil, hot oil. They chop your head off. Is that gory enough? I love that. I mean, that's bad. Hear what I'm saying. The trials that they were going through and the reason they were relying on the Holy Spirit for comfort were real deal. See, one of them, one of them, <laughs> they were going to crucify him on a cross just like Jesus. And he said this, don't crucify me upright. Crucify me upside down because I'm not worthy of the name of how Jesus was how Jesus died. I'm not worthy of how he died. Crucify me upside down. What is crucify? It means means, means you're you're nailed to the cross by your, your wrists and your ankles. And, 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 and you basically, your, your, your lungs fill up with fluid and you actually asphyxiate or you, you drown in your own fluid in your lungs. You actually can't breathe. And the only way to breathe is to, to lift yourself up and to put pressure on the nails on your wrists and on your, your ankles to stand up so you can get a breath. And then you, you can't, obviously can't handle it because it hurts your ankles and your wrists and you drop back down. And it's a slow 
slow, painful death. See, our Christian idea is so Americanized, we have no idea. We have such an apathetic gospel that gets preached from many pulpits in, this, in, this, in, in, in America that it's, it's actually kind of disgusting. Because we live our life like take it or leave it. Like, oh, I'll get to that. Read my Bible? Yeah, I'll get to that. Just I'm gonna, I got a few hours of Netflix and social media I got to be on for. Come on. Come on. Come on, your screen time. <laughs> your screen time every week hits and you get this notification 12 hours a day you're like dang <laughs> 7 hours a day I don't have time to read the Bible yeah what are you abiding in what are you finding rest in what do you go to just to numb yourself out so you don't have to feel it? When God's like, hey, if you have the feeling, if you have that motion, I want to be in it with you. If, if you're struggling, like, like, here's God, and you're struggling, he's like, come here, come here, come on. Love you. Love you. I, you do know that I knew you before you took your first breath? You know that all the things that you, you, you find or that you struggle with, that, that you, you found solace in, that there's a little oh, what? Just come here. And God is, 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 is in your face. See, when Pilate was getting ready to send Jesus to the, 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 the cross, Jesus said something about truth, and Pilate said, what is truth? Little did he know that he had truth standing right in front of him. So many times in life we have truth standing right in front of us. We have truth right in front of us like we're looking straight at it. But we refuse to acknowledge it. Because, because we're just comfortable in our stuff. See, <laughs> we have to abide. We have to abide. Like, like, like as a Christian we must abide in Christ Jesus. We must rest in him. We must find and sustain ourselves in Jesus. If we find it in anything else, our life is going to be a miserable mess. The foundations of abiding of an abiding believer. Number one, we now move forward in faith in Christ and not backwards. Meaning this, that I press onward towards the call that God has for me. And it says this in 2 Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ... He is a new creation, the, and the old has gone, and the new is here. The old life that you once had before Jesus is gone, and the new is here. So you actually start to walk in the newness of God rather than the old things. And when you start to slip back, that's a common Christian phrase, right? Christian phrase, oh, I'm slipping, brother. Backslid. Oh, we just, we just make it so easy. Hmm. If we only knew how we live and how it affects us. See, another thing, another foundation in an abiding Christian is this, is Scripture is my truth. John 8, 31, 32 if you hold my teachings, Jesus said this, if you hold my teachings, you're my real disciple. Then you will know my truth and my truth will set you free. Scripture is my truth. That word truth, and then you can flip it for reality so you can say you'll know my reality or, or you'll know Jesus' reality and his reality will set you free. What is your reality? What do you accept as your reality? What is your truth? What do you find solace in or comfort in? If it's not Jesus, it's only temporary. Number three, surround yourself with other believers unless you're, you're evangelizing and bringing others to Christ. See, here's the thing. If you're hanging out with people that aren't believers in Jesus and they're influencing you to do things outside of the nature in which God created you to walk in, you're probably hanging out with the wrong crowd. 
If you're hanging out with believers and they're influencing you to do things that you know are not from Jesus, you're probably hanging out with the wrong crowd. If you're hanging out with people and they're like, come on, man, we got this. Let's, let's go talk about Jesus. Hey, hey, I want to pray with you right now. Hey, I want to stand with you. What are you believing for? How, how are you living your life? What's going on? I'm here for you. You're here for me. Like, like they live in a life of, of laid down for their brother or their sister. They're always wanting to be a blessing to other people. They're selfless. What are you surrounding yourself with? See, tell me your five to ten friends and I'll tell you your future. See, there's so many people that are incarcerated now, incarcerated right now, that had great potential. But they surrounded themselves, or they got, were a victim to the culture and the circumstances that they were in. And they felt stuck. They couldn't get out. Therefore, First Thessalonians, First Thessalonians five eleven. Therefore, encourage one another and build up one another, just as you also are doing. If you're around people, they should be building you up, and you should be building them up. It's a beautiful thing. I don't hang out with a lot of people. You're like, well, that sounds lame. Well, you know, lame or not, I choose who I want to hang out with because I don't want my life to go down the wrong turn. There's a call on my life. There's a call on your life. There's a purpose on your life. There's a destiny on your life. There's a future on your life. What are you doing with it? What are you doing with it? Number four. And this is, oh, this is probably like my most favorite. I love the presence of God. I, I don't even say, I'm infatuated over the hill in love with the presence of God. Like, like, I can't, like, I feel like, you know, food's good. But if I go a moment and I don't feel Jesus, I'm like, Lord, where'd you go? Come here, Jesus. Jesus, come here. Jesus, where'd you go? Jesus. 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 Jesus, where'd you go? Jesus. Oh, oh, that's right, you live in me. <laughs> thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Right? And so, so, so I, I, I find myself, I love the presence of God. Why? Because his presence means he's there. Wow. And I'm just a human being. I'm just a man. Like, I'm just a person. But God, you want to hang out with me? Are you serious? I'm happy. Wow. Right, wow. And so it says this. I said this. Create a habitation for the Holy Spirit to be, to be your leader. Oh, Jesus, we need you. Ephesians 2, chapter 2, verses 21 and 22. In him, the whole, whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling place in which God lives by his spirit. That your body, that your person is a dwelling place for the Holy Spirit. And when you understand that he dwells on the inside of you, you actually start to figure out that he actually empowers you. And he strengthens you. Because you've created a habitation for Holy Spirit to hang out. You're like, God, I need you. Like every moment, Jesus, I love you. Jesus, you just hear what they said to me? God, show them to the worth. Show them how much you love them. My heart breaks for them. Oh my goodness. You guys, when I was on the plane, when I was coming back, back to Texas, and, and hey, please hear me, I'm not bragging, but, but I was getting off the plane, and the whole time I was sitting in my seat, I heard the Holy Spirit, and I felt like God wanted me to preach through the whole plane. He wanted me to stand up and just start sharing the gospel. 
And I've never done that before. It's called open-air preaching. I've never done it. So I'm sitting in the seat like sweating bullets. Like, oh, oh whoa. <laughs> Serious? I preach every week. Right? Why am I freaking out? Because I'm making it about me and how I'm feeling. And I said this. I said, God, if it's you, I'm going to ask that you have my heart be moved with compassion and let me see them for people. And that's it. Let, them, let me see their pain. Let Move my heart with compassion for them. Like, I don't want this to be about me stepping out of faith and doing something like this. I want this to be about people being impacted by Jesus. So I was sitting there, the plane lands, and you know, like when you're getting ready to do something and just that anticipation's building up and you're freaking out, you've got the butterflies in your stomach, you're sweating, you're like, I'm sweating, like, sweating, you're just, you know, it's, it's not good, right? You're like, you're, you're, you're freaking out, right? And so I'm standing there and I, and I get up and I had, I had my shirt on and my shirt was, was a, it's a lifestyle Christianity on it. It's a church that we were at. And, and the guy in front of me goes, what does that shirt say? Oh, lifestyle Christian. And then I, was, I just knew right there God was saying, you're a Christian? And I was like, oh, dang it. I got so convicted, like right off the bat. I was like, I have to share my faith. So I just started turning around. I just started preaching to everybody on the plane. I was like, you guys, my life was filled with, with hopelessness. I was addicted to all sorts of things. And then in my life, I found Jesus. And I'm going to tell you today that Jesus is the only hope that you can ever trust in. He's the only thing that can bring you security in your life. And I want to ask you today that if you, if you would accept Jesus in your heart, you will find a purpose in life. That You will find a resting place in your heart. I want to encourage you today to go after God. Amen? And I actually got a hand clap ovation from, like, everybody in the plane. And I was like... <laughs> I was so freaked out. But, but why? Why? But here's the thing. While I was sharing, what I saw is this. I was looking into their eyes and I saw hope. <laughs> Have you guys ever been depressed? Have you ever felt like, oh, this life sucks? Yes. And then someone comes along and just says something, and you're like, no. and something comes alive on the inside of your heart? It's called hope. I saw hope in their eyes, and I was like, Lord, if I, I, I saw in their eyes, and I saw the creation of God, and I was like, oh, my gosh. I was making this all about me, but Lord, you gave me a, the, 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 <laughs> the strength to muster up, to say something. And I saw the joy come in their eyes, and I saw them clap, and I was like, wow, that was crazy. And my wife was, I mean, my wife was like, were you scared? I was like, I was freaking out. <laughs> and and, and, and so, so in that process of freaking out, like God showed up right there. Amen. So number five is serve and share your faith with others. Matthew uh, 28, 19, and 20, it says, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always until the very end of the age. That Jesus is with you. See, see, we, we have to live a life of, of these five things of, of only moving forward in Christ Jesus because we're made as a new creation. That scripture is the very truth of who I am. That is the foundation of my soul. That I surround myself with other believers unless I'm evangelizing. And if I'm hanging out with people that are influencing me, but I'm not an influence on them in a positive, godly way, then I probably should reevaluate my friendship with them or put it on pause for a moment. And then, or, or creating a habitation for the Holy Spirit to be king in your life for the Holy Spirit to be Lord in your life number five serve or share your faith with other people demonstrate the love of God to other people and by showing them who they are in Christ Jesus and making disciples meaning you're teaching them how to love Jesus and how to be, uh, be a believer in Christ Jesus so I want to I go through these things again and I'm going to ask you guys to, to repeat after me can I get some music playing to repeat after me My hope is in Jesus only. My hope is in Jesus only. Period. My faith is in Jesus only. Period. 
My trust is in Jesus only. <laughs> Period. You guys got that? You guys good? <laughs> the Holy Spirit empowers me. Period. Let's see that one again. The Holy Spirit empowers me, period. Jesus is my only way, period. Jesus is my only truth, period. Jesus is my life, period. Jesus is my Savior, period. Can we get like, like a worship song on, not Kanye? <laughs> there's a, a playlist called intimate worship just go ahead and put that on yeah there you go my hope is in Jesus only my faith is in Jesus only My trust is in Jesus only. The Holy Spirit empowers me. Jesus is the only way. Jesus is the only truth. Jesus is my life. And Jesus is my Savior. See, the Bible talks about him being both your Lord and your Savior. To some of us, he's our Savior, but not really our Lord. To some of us, he saved us from our sin, but he's not really our Lord. What does it mean for him to be our Lord? It means this, that you give him supreme authority over you. That he rules and reigns. He is your king. And you're obedient to your king. Not because you're afraid of him, but because you love him. Because he loves you. Because he has the best for you. See, I talked a lot about where do you find your rest? Where do you find your hope? Do you find it in your Snapchat filters? Do you find it in your Instagram followers, your streaks? Where do you find your hope? Where do you find your rest? Do you find it in the accolades of other people? When people are talking bad about you, your life is over? That's called the fear of man. And fear is the devil. It's a spirit. It's not from Jesus. See, we have to have a foundation in our soul, in our life, where when life hits, when things happen, where do you go? What do you run to? When no one's around, what calls your name? What temptation is there drawing you away from God? What is it that brings you away from God? See, the Bible talks about it's the small foxes that nibble at the vine that kills the vine. What are the small, what are you talking about? That was full of parables. I'm talking about this. That when the vine is connected to the root, it continuously produces a life and fruit and, 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 and vibrance in what it is. But when the, when the fox is nibble at the base of the vine, it separates itself from its source. What little sin in your life or little thing in your life is nibbling at the base of the vine of your life? And it's trying to separate you from your source, God. Tonight, I want you to get real with yourself, and I want you to get real with God. Go ahead, stand to your feet. Just get real and get honest. Because here's the thing. Like, like we could put on a mask, and we could put on a facade, and, and here's the thing. Like, we're wearing masks right now, but I believe the church has been wearing masks for years. And it's called religion. It's called fake it till you make it. It's called, I, I, I'm going to make it look good. 
But the reality is when no one's around, I really am brokenhearted. I'm really destroyed. I really don't have what I think I should have. I really am not living how I want to live. That's the reality of the situation. So I want to ask you tonight, is Jesus both your Lord and your Savior, or is he just your Savior, but not your Lord? Have you fully given yourself over to his Lordship? Have you given yourself over to, to who he is and what he says about you, and you live your life based on that truth? Or do you find yourself in Christ Jesus, abiding in him? Or do you find yourself continuously sinning in a cycle of sin? A cycle of sin means this, I can't stop doing it. I want to stop, but I can't stop. Because I started to agree with the lie of struggle. I started to agree with the lie of, of it's always going to be like this. I started to agree with, like, I'm just going to, it's whatever, it's just normal, it's human, it's what we all go through, it's just my normal life, I've seen everybody else do it, I heard them say that they're Christians, and they do it, so I guess it's okay for me. Where do you find your rest? Where do you find your peace? It's only in one place. It should only be in one place. And that's Jesus. You find your peace, you find your rest, you find your wholeness, you find your purpose, and it should only be found in one person, his name is Jesus. Because the word says that nothing on this earth was created as it was created through him. And you, and you and I are all created in him. And because we're created in him, we're created with a purpose, an idea, a destiny of what God wants for each one of us. And I know Holy Spirit's working on your hearts right now because I can see it in your faces. You can't hide. When the Holy Ghost shows up, you can't hide. Because the Holy Ghost right now, some of your hearts are beating like this in your chest. Some of you are like, oh, I don't know, man, about this. I don't know this. I don't. Here's the thing. You're either going to run hard away from God, but guess what? You can never get too far away. So you might as well just give up. You might as well just give in. See, my dad was a horrible drug dealer, pistol whipping people, stealing money, had 10 grand on him at all times, was sitting in a hotel room, ditched my mom, ditched, ditched my sister and I when we, were, when we were really little, and he was snorting cocaine, and he heard a voice and says, you don't need that, come follow me. And he's like, where did that, what was that? And so he gets up, he's looking around the house trying to figure out where that was, and he said, oh my gosh, I know that voice. That's God. He immediately stopped what he was doing. My dad was about 90 pounds, a grown man, about 90 pounds because of the drug addiction. And he went back to my mom. He said, honey, I, I don't know what I was doing. I, I, I want to give my life back to God. I want to do this right. I want to be a father to my children. I want, I want to be a good husband to you. And the only thing I know in my life is Christianity. The only thing I know in my life is a father that loves Jesus. The only thing I know in my life is my father that said yes to God and no to his old life. That he said, old things are passed away and all things are made new in Christ Jesus. So I'm going to go for the new. And because of my father's choice, I now get to stand before each one of you. And say that the struggle of life is so real. We can play games with it. We can, we can play with it all we want. Fire. Uh, we, can, we can put it in the fire. But soon enough, you will get burned by it. Get real with God. Get vulnerable. Say, Lord, I, is, I am struggling. I'm struggling. No, like, I, hear me, look at me. I'm struggling. I'm being vulnerable with you guys right now. I'm struggling in my heart. Because, Pastor Jeremy, I should have it all together. I need Jesus. And sometimes the fears of my past pop up in my head. And they call my name. And it's at that moment where I have to say, God, I don't want that in my life. I 
Holy Spirit, I need your presence. I need you, Jesus.